0: All right. Yes, yes. Mic check. You can cha-cha-cha to this Mardi Gras. I'm the dopest female that you heard thus far. And it do get better. The voice gets wetter. Nobody gets hurt as long as you let her do my thing with an 89 sling. The dopeness, all right. I guarantee light, Boom. Classic MC Light. Hello, America. Hello, world. Hello, you. It is your new best friend, Cashmere, California. And this is the Pod is Good podcast, a.k.a. the Notorious P.I.G. Episode 46, Pod is Good. And all the time, if you know, you know. If you don't keep listening, you will learn. Today, I brought back everyone's favorite little cousin. We're going to talk. We got to get into a few things that she has going on, things that I know y'all want to learn about, things that you can be involved with no matter where you are in the world. And that. Makes it a very incredible opportunity and something that we made sure that we talked about today. Today. Could not let it pass because it's happening this week. Stay tuned. We got a good show for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Nikki Smith is in the Ooh. building. Ooh. <laughs> we hey, got cousin. him back. We got him back. We got him
1: back. There <laughs> is. Hey, cousin.
0: How you been, love?
1: I've been good. Been busy. Been busy for sure, but been That's really you.
0: good. That's you. What is what is a doctor if they're not busy?
1: I know, right? Uh, yeah, yeah know not that. a very useful one. <laughs>
0: That is a fact. So so I'm going to do it a little different today. We're going to start with, we're going to jump right into exactly what you have going on right now. I know we were going to do it a different way, but I decided, no, let's just get straight to it because this is important. You know, people's attention span be real short. So like be try to short. wait for later yeah. on. Yeah. Come on let's, just, let's just get straight to the meat and potatoes of it. Yeah. so This week, what do we have going on, doctor?
1: Well, here's the thing, cousin. I actually want to tell you guys the build up, the story, how it got to that place. I'm doing this workshop. Um, it's a community based workshop, it's actually going to be held November 11th. Um, here in St. Louis and virtually but in order for it's called let's talk money the black tax but before you kind of understand um that how we arose uh, arrived at that point I want to make sure that we kind of circle back to cuz the career stuff is important so how we got there is important
0: absolutely yeah. so that's what we're going to do that's how we, that's how the movie starts sometimes like it starts with the you know the person yeah, holding yeah. the gun to the head and you're like what's going on and they're like how did we get here <laughs> And then, and then, and then rewind. <laughs> it all so started
1: it in, in the South Central so LA, we, 1996.
0: So there it is. We're going to rewind back to when we was in the car that day, about to park, and then it came up about, yo, we should do an event. Boom. Yeah. So re- we did. Yeah. Let's start in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. So so the the inception of this idea, if yeah. you could tell us about that, when did, where did that come from?
1: So I started most I started my career in financial services specifically in like the brokerage industry and so I worked at Wells Fargo Advisors I worked at Edward Jones Investments and my role in these jobs was to think about new and different ways these investment firms could connect with clients and deepen relationships with clients and make it easier for people to give them all their hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars, okay, (laughs) basically. And so through these conversations, you really understand wealth because these people, the clients of these investment firms, I mean, these aren't you know, some small investment portfolio, my 401k through my job. These folks have, you know, a million, two million, three million in their bank accounts. And these firms, you know, when you got, you know, a book of business and these firms are trying to reach these $3 million clients, they aren't necessarily eager to do financial literacy for somebody who makes 50 grand a year. I'm just going to yeah. be honest. And so when you think about the disparity in the lack of understanding of somebody having three million dollars in their bank account, which is which is an, in a lot of cases a drop in a bucket to some of these True. folks.
0: Right.
1: Um, to someone who's like, I'm trying to just get by and make sure if I can put a little money away for retirement, this is about as all I can do. You know what I mean? And I just want to be able to pay my bills once I retire. And, but the the lack the, the huge gap in knowledge it takes to kind of be in a place where you can really feel like you're building generational wealth. It seems like such an elusive concept to us because we don't really talk about money at the dinner table and growing up, right? And so when I say we, I mean we, we ain't talking about, Money for real, you know what I mean? We that's in cool, a real cool. way that's gonna help you wrap your mind around because it's a really it's it's paper, but it's an emotional thing. It's a mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's an intimate thing because whether you have it or not determines what type of life you have, what type of life your family has, and what type of legacy you're allowed to leave. You know what I mean? Right. Are so we out here or not?
0: Are we out here oh, or yeah. not?
1: Yeah. And so when you think about, you know, money and so working in these investment firms and building these innovative products, because I'm in tech. And so, you know, we're building new technology, whether it be the apps people are using to connect their investment accounts or whether it's, you know, uh, the website or the the physical experience when you walk into a branch. Um, My team is like thinking about the new and different ways in which we can connect with people and build and deepen relationships and make it easier. Right. to spend to give us your money. And so fast forward. I am wondering, there's so much out there in the world, you know, top 10 ways to improve your credit, five ways to save $1,000 by December 31st, and just all this stuff. There's these financial literacy workshops, and a lot yeah. of them have this elitist tone about them. You, it's like, how come y'all don't know this type, type feeling? yeah disconnect from that and they like you know i feel like i'm not i can't even be in the room until i got all my ducks in a row they don't know how to get their ducks in a row to get
0: in the room That sounds like church you know that's not like black church that sounds like black church has a tendency to sound like we we good we saved we highly favored we know the lord what you doing with your life and it makes the people that don't feel like that yet. Like, well, I guess I can't come to church right now. I bet I
1: guess I can't come. I get, you know, it's yeah. funny. Uh, me and your mom just talked about that yesterday. Um, oh, yeah? So, yeah, yeah. We were sitting on the couch talking about that yesterday. Um, So there's this elitism tone and people can't connect and money isn't talked about at home. People can't connect to the resources. They don't have enough money. And so yeah. how do I show up in a way and kind of bridge this gap, right? And so I started doing consulting on the side. So I don't know if you remember, I had an advertising company. I was doing my entrepreneur thing. This was like yeah. in the middle of my corporate career. I was doing my entrepreneur thing for a couple of years and and had a company called Addo Advertising and Marketing. And Addo means to inspire in Latin. And so I was doing really well, um, decided to go back into corporate, needed health insurance, all that good stuff. Um, so went back into um into corporate, but still I was, my career was progressing in such a way that people would come to me and ask me for advice on like, how did you get there in your career? Um, or, and I would also talk about the financial aspect as well. Cause I'm in financial services. Look, I'm, I'm getting all the secrets. Okay. Let me put them, let me write a status on Facebook and tell y'all a little bit about what's going on. Here.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so on how to build wealth. And so I used to, you know, drop little gems and stuff on social media and people used to come to me and ask me to uh, do a consultation with them or, hey, can I chat with you? Can I my business that, you know, I'm trying to do my business plan. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm trying to advocate for a higher salary as a corporate young woman. And so I started I revamped Addo into a consulting business. Now, mind you, I'm still working my day job. Right. Um, But Addo, I'm consulting on the side. And one of the running things that I heard was women wanting to know, specifically black women wanting to know, how can I start making the money I want to make? And how can I advocate for myself to negotiate my salary when I'm having a performance review or when I'm starting a new role or, you know, I know that I'm underpaid and, you know, we call it equal pay, right? Uh, pay equity. We know that black women are underpaid, especially in corporate, but how can we build tangible ways to minimize that gap um, between our pay and really start to advocate for ourselves. And so I developed this workshop called Let's Talk Money. I was taking my day job where I'm Doing activities to build and solve big problems, very complex problems, innovation activities, and I'm applying it in a social environment so we can solve a big problem here um, that we're dealing with in a real way. Uh, So I'm using the same skills, and I developed this workshop called Let's Talk Money, and it was on pay equity last year. Sold out, it was amazing. Um, because we know, uh, that money is an intimate topic. And when you start to talk about my inability to advocate for myself so I get paid more, you start to realize the residual effect of that of like, I feel like I'm behind in my career. I feel like I'm not providing enough for my family or I feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And you start to internalize a lot of that or try to unpack it a little bit. There were tears in the room because when you really start to talk about it in a real way, when you start to talk about money and your family and your ability to provide for them in a real way, it can get emotional. And so these women, were having a lot of breakthroughs in the room and it was amazing and they like we ain't gonna do it again um and w- it was just a lot of work I did it the first year had yeah. a really venue all of that yeah it was it was a lot of work to put it together but we did it it was successful got a lot of great feedback fast forward this year I'm like, what am I going to do this year? Because I can't do equal pay again. I want to bring a new topic to the forefront.
0: I mean, and truthfully, you could. I'm going to be honest. I you, could. I could. You, could. you could keep beating that horse over the head because you're going to get new people involved that weren't yeah. there last year. You're going to get people that forgot the stuff you talked about last year. People that need to be remotivated again from what they heard last year. You could beat that horse yeah. every single year until that horse is completely yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like you could, but but I understand you might have felt like, yeah, but I want to be enthused about it. I want to have a new refreshed idea. I wanted to take men
1: in the conversation too. I wanted to do something Mm. for the
0: guys. And
1: um, a lot of men in the community. There you go, men.
0: There you go. We are here. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So I uh started and I was like The best way for me to connect with people is to find something real that I can talk about, that I can relate to, that I know other people are dealing with as well. And so there's this phenomenon called the black tax. And the black tax, there's two schools of thought. There's this black tax of, like, I'm a black American who is navigating my way through predominantly white spaces in corporate America. And it's emotionally and mentally taxing to yeah. go through that. That's one school of thought. There's like a book on that in, in this. There's another school of thought of the black tax that uh, originated in South Africa. And that one is about that school of thought is around I made it. I made it to the whatever, let's call it the six-figure figure mark or whatever the case is, and I feel morally obligated to help Others along whether it be my family Whether it be helping grandma with her Medical bills or helping mama pay her Rent or helping Such my siblings save for college I feel obligated Because I'm the one that made it I made it through College I did all the things I reached a level Of financial security Well, I Feel some financial obligation to those Who don't have it like I got it Even if it's outside of your Household and we feel this Whether it's like I said you know Helping grandparents or uh, parents or cousins, or whatever the case is, they know you got it. They're gonna ask for it. They're gonna be like, you know, I, I know you got it. Can you hey, help? Us? Hey, I,
0: hey, hey, uh, no, no. <laughs> I see you doing your thing. <laughs> I, I see you doing was. your thing, cuz. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so, you you know, you feel some type of obligation, even if it means you can't reach some of your own financial goals. And we talk about generational wealth, it could be. You know, you made it to a point in your life and everybody just looks at you to make the financial decisions. Grandma passed away. What are we going to do with the house? It's on you because you made six figures. You ain't got no financial. You just did, you know, kind of did some of the Right. right things. But now they look into you in the leadership role because of where you've made it in your life. So what we're going to do grandma house. So that's another aspect of it. But you feel this burden, this taxing burden of how do I reach this cycle of generational wealth, but still not appear to be ungrateful for the family who may have sacrificed in some way to get me where I am. And that's the tug of it all.
0: Yeah. And
1: so, so many people from whatever angle, it could be like my friend, you know, her mom had cancer. Her mom and her mother's husband, her stepfather were older. She is responsible for taking care of the house because mom's sick, but she also got to take care of her house, take care of, you know, all the her business, all things she got to do, but she got to take care of her house. Mom's sick. And so what does that mean for us long term? In our ability and sometimes you can't say no you know you can't say no to your mama when she got cancer but could you say no to your cousins when they ask and the whole summer two two three business days yeah you could <laughs> so so i built this workshop let's talk money again we're talking about the black tax and um at this time i've gotten some sponsors We're going to do in-person because it's a brunch as well. So we're going to do the in-person brunch as well as virtual so people can live stream, join us online, wherever you are in the world. And let's talk about this in a real way. So I have three financial coaches who are going to be on um, doing the breakout sessions and the keynote um one is going to be you know i'm feeling the pressure have you ever felt like you had to hide your money from your family because you know they're going to come begging and how do you navigate through that um there's another session called i'm not hold the on, expert hold on
0: hold on, hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. that session right there let's talk about that real quick yeah so just just a preview you know you don't got to give it all away obviously we want people to attend the event mm-hmm. isn't that a very subjective matter you know everybody family a little different where yeah. you are a little different so how how do you streamline that to to teach each person how to deal with their family
1: Yeah. 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 And that's, and you know, money, I think a lot of topics in money in general could be fairly subjective. There's some math to it, obviously that could work out. Um, but also, you know, the value and that we put in money is a very intimate and emotional, um, transaction. And so how you view money and your relationship money is going to be different from family to family and person to person. So the way in which you, there is no answer per se, That's why I'm very intentional on calling it a workshop because we're going to work through, we're going to unpack some stuff and you Mm -hmm. arrive at an answer. Given the tool, we're going to put you in front of some resources. We're going to put you in front of some tools, get you, you know, a conversation with a financial coach and they're going to walk you through what might work for you. What could, what is a boundary? Where's the line you want to draw? You arrive at that answer on your own, but we're going to equip you with the tools to make an educated decision.
0: And virtually people will be able to attend those breakout sessions as well and kind of yep. get some some uh, attention, even yep. though they're not present. Yeah. Love it. Love yep. it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So this is like, what's interesting is, you know, in my day, like I mentioned, a, a lot of it blends together. My day job, I'm creating workshops for, for corporate C-suite folks to, you know unpack big problems i'm using those same skills to do some deep community work and that's the stuff that i feel you know obviously most passionate about because it's something you can really make a difference now that you've had this conversation on hiding your your money from your family or what have you okay go talk to a banker go talk to a business banker and these people are in the room because i got sponsorships Woo hey Hey Woo-woo. <laughs> was just really amazing cuz it was it's a big financial investment work. for me.
0: Yeah,
1: um yeah, so I mean paying for this out of pocket um has been tough, but the, I feel like this is the assignment. Like God oh, yeah. is like this is the assignment. This um, is your
0: black tax.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. even and even as I go through this journey of this um developing this workshop and putting it on, I'm dealing with my own internal family stuff with like, whoo, I could really use this workshop right now. (laughs) It's going to be a blessing blessing to somebody. (laughs) But yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's been really good in terms of being able to try and switch on, You know, day and night. I do feel like I'm working all the time, uh, though. So I'm trying to strike a balance, and that's been difficult. Um, And also not let my passion work bleed, you know, prevent me from feeling like I can get up and do my day job every day. So Yeah,
0: that's a tough balance. That's a tough balance. Because, one, you're pulled to um, by by emotion, by your heart. This is a passion project, something Mm -hmm. that you're not going to let it die. This is like Mm -hmm. you're nurturing it right? Gotcha. You're trying to get, get this thing to be where it needs to be so that it can bless the people it needs to bless. The other one is day to day blessing you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Taking care of your livelihood. Mm-hmm. You, you, there's neither one. You know, this is Sophie's choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out which, which kid to give up to the Nazis. Like yeah. both of them are important. Mm-hmm. I can't think. So yeah. I do completely get that. I got a question about, you said a lot of the tools, or you're using some of the tools and and ideas and understandings that you're gaining in the corporate world, dealing with very big, big, you know, multi-billion dollar problems.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do those, or do those easily translate to the multi-thousand air, multi-hundred air problems?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because the, when you think about, um, Problem solving At a very fundamental way First you have to Make sure am I solving For the right thing That's the answer that's the question you ask Yourself because A lot of people are really Good at coming up With ideas and coming up with solutions But they aren't solving For the right problem so the, the solution Is great But it doesn't alleviate any pain or, or anything that might exist in an, in an experience because they're not solving for the right thing. And so in order to get there, one of the very fundamental things you can do is ask yourself why five times you can say, you know, um, I have, I have difficulty getting my Instacart order on time. Why do you have difficulty getting your Instacart order on time? Because the driver is having issues with um, the instructions. uh, The the driver can't find my address. Why can't the driver find your address? Because the GPS in the platform isn't accurate. Why is the GPS in the platform not accurate? Because, and I don't know. (laughs) You, but you start to unpack it to you yeah, get why, yeah. and that's like, ah, that's the problem. It's not that the driver's stupid and they can't never find your house or your porch light always off or whatever the case is. The problem is actually probably something with the GPS system and the platform and yeah. it's whatever. And so, and you yeah. start to understand what what can I control, what can I solve. When you understand the root of a thing, you can then say, I can affect this part of it. All, everything else ain't got nothing to do with me Absolutely. ain't my responsibility yeah. you know I can control this part and when you do this part really well it may alleviate some pain that you feel in, in that in that experience. Um, but and it may not all the way solve that root problem because again, you're just, just dissecting the part that you're responsible for, but it really provides a lot of context. When you apply that like that framework of thinking, am I solving for the right thing? Do yeah. I really even know what the problem is? And you yeah. start to act, and then you say, then you open yourself up to possibilities. You don't say, Oh, if I just fix this one thing, it might. X, Y, and Z. You say how might I make this a better experience for my customers? And this is kind of what I do on my day job. How might I? You just open yourself up to possibilities. You aren't prescriptive to a solution. You aren't married to a solution. You are really like which, what is going to be the best way to solve for the root of this thing? Yeah. And when you take that general framework big or small, yeah. and you can apply it. And there's a bunch of stuff you go through along the way but generally yeah, yeah. If, you start, if you start asking yeah. the right question um in the beginning then everything else after that is fairly easy
0: i like that you kind of toddler yourself you know you yeah. find that that inner toddler that just keeps asking why and yeah. and either either you get to that thing or kind of like what we just dealt with you might well we didn't really deal with it but you might realize i don't know mm-hmm <laughs> you know what I mean? So then you, the answer might be, well, you need to know. Mm-hmm. Maybe once you answer that question, there may be, like you said, some solution unpacking right there that, yeah. that you needed this whole time.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I like the the toddler, um, you know, mentioned there because we lose a lot of our imagination, a lot of our creativity by like six Cause the world is like, then you get your friends telling you that's stupid or that's dumb or you dance weird or why you talk like that, and the world <laughs> starts beating you up a little bit, and so you start to like, dang, is she, Is this? Is this really who I am? And you start to question a lot about, yeah, you know, how to fit in, how to be, yeah. how to be like the other kids, and right. you you lose so much of your yeah. imagination and your creativity as, as you get older, cause the world gonna keep beating you up. Yeah. they don't keep telling you you weird and you you look funny and yeah. so and so how yeah. do you get back to a point where you like you s- you're introspective and like how do I feel about me why 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 do I feel these things about me because somebody said it about why did they say it probably because they was jealous why are they jealous probably because somebody else told them they was ugly you know what I mean and you start to unpack it a little bit more one you allow yourself to give yourself some grace don't be so hard on yourself um and then two you give other people grace because you realize their life is just as complex their thought process is just as complex and sometimes they don't know why either
0: so. Right. Very true. And uh, truthfully, a lot of that probably happens, um, at least on the recipient side, for some of the same reasons. Right. It's like when you're younger and someone says that you're ugly, now you want different clothes. Now you want to do this and that's that. Because why? You want that person to look at you in a more liking way. Yeah. You want them to accept you. If
1: mm-hmm. someone
0: says you're fat or someone says, why are you so tall? Whatever it is, you find your way trying to mold because all of us want to be accepted. I feel like you extrapolate that into the corporate world. That's probably the same thing that a lot of um, people go through in the same thing. It's like you want the business to accept you. You want the boss to accept you. You want the supervisor to accept you. And you're kind of stuck because it's like, well, if they don't accept you, maybe you're not hired. Maybe you don't get the promotion. Maybe they don't bring you in that inner circle. And Mm -hmm. so but in that, you probably do lose a lot of yourself because now you're contouring yourself to be what they desire.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah. It so can be a problem uh, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I heard this lady say, you know, never bring your full authentic self to work. Just bring just bring your authentic self, not the
0: not the full. the fool. Right? How you do that? How you do that, doctor? <laughs> Tell me. How do you, how I don't you know, do that?
1: Said it. But, you know, I got to thinking about because there is a little bit of a dance you play and yeah. while you want that acceptance there's 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 a little bit of balance like how far am I willing to go for that and how how far outside of myself am i willing to go for that acceptance from the boss acceptance from corporate and so you you get to the point of like I can show you my best authentic self, not the full thing. I think she said your best authentic self because you want to be sure that the version of you that they're making decisions on is a good version, is a version that you can be proud of. Um, But also balancing like there's a little bit of tug a little bit of politics and where you do need to be likable. You do need to make people feel like it's easy to work with you. It's easy to collaborate with you. You're a decision maker. You know, you're, you're, you can work in a team. Those things do, cause you can't just be a jerk, man. You can't just show up. It's my full authentic self and you got to take it or leave. No, I'm gonna leave it. Okay. Just, <laughs> just, you can't just be coming in here being rude and being a jerk. So, you know, there is, there's a dance you play in terms of like you just you have to be okay with one taking feedback and saying I hey, I think you know if you just did this a little different if you had a said it different it wasn't what you said it was the tone in which you said it. are you coachable yeah. you know are you just gonna argue me down because you feel like this is who I am I'm gonna show up how I show up and you know I can't teach you nothing Then that's a problem. So I think that people, you know, when you when you think about how you show up in the world, especially in a corporate world, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a delicate balance because there are politics. You gotta politic a little bit because in order to kind of reach that next level, and that's if you want to keep climbing. You know what I mean? If you're cool with where you at,
0: but I think you you bring up a good point, and I I feel like that can also lead to some cultural frustrations, right? Mm -hmm. Because depending the personality type, some personality types are a lot more agreeable. They Mm -hmm. are more, you know, um, submissive. They're more, I can play the background role and others are not. And so then when that, I think that cultural frustration leaps into the room when you look around and other people that are of a different culture, you can tell they brought their full authentic self.
1: Yeah. 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 Like
0: like they, they are a little rude. They are a little abrasive. They Mm -hmm. don't dress for the part. They, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? They they lack luster and somehow they still moving the needle. Somehow they're still accepted and getting, getting the promotion and getting the titles and yada, yada. And you feel like I got to, like you said, I got to play the dance. Yeah. I got to walk the tightrope. I got to hold this bar in the circus and hope they notice me. I could, you know, you can imagine that being frustrating. I'm pretty sure you deal with that as well.
1: Yeah. So, so let me help break some of that down because until you reach that level, you, you, me as a black woman, I think the burden is on me to play that dance more so than a white male. But, when you get to a certain level of leadership, you realize, I mm, don't no, really. Sometimes that ain't always the case because everybody know that dude an the idiot. They know it. I mean, it's it, when you get when you hear the conversations amongst some of these leaders, they know like that dude's a jerk. Everybody hates working with them, and so they might be the loudest in the room, and it seems like they might be. Uh, They might be moving along, but they're building either a reputation for themselves or or people people understand they they know why that person might be moving up or moving or not. But I will say there's two things I think that are true in that I think we over index on why this other guy don't got to do the dance like I got to do it. And sometimes when you get to a certain point of leadership that's Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. It depends on the company, really, and the culture. Um, That's the the part, you too. You got to ask a lot of questions up front before you get in that company to really understand some of that culture. And some of it is just you don't figure it out till you get in the door. And then I think there's another part of that where... As some of the old guard retires, these older white guys, they're retiring out these companies. These startups are coming out of Silicon Valley. These startups are coming out of the Midwest, Chicago, St. Louis. Then you start to under the di- the, the generational shifts and the diversity shifts are happening in such a way that it's positively impacting the culture in a lot of these kind of really stale and older companies. And so a lot of some of that is transitioning off as Gen Z is you know in the workforce now. Um, Old white, old white men are retiring, and so you got a lot more female CEOs and, and people of color CEOs and in C suites. Not as much as it should be because it's still pretty predominantly white male dominated. Um, yeah, time. but I think there. When when you get to a certain point, you realize that while it may appear that that person may be in a better situation than I am, sometimes it's not always the case. It's just optics. It's just optics, Um, but you still could be getting paid more and they could got they got the promotion. You still get paid more. I mean, they got a title because they were beating their chest and I want this title. I want this position. And, you know, sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't, but they got the position. But I mean, they're moving up in a way that's superficial when you could be moving. (laughs) If you build the skills and play the game, you could be built moving in a real way.
0: I like it. It's like John Mayer said, I'm waiting for the world to change. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's not that we don't care. We just know that <laughs> the fight ain't fair. So yeah, it ain't,
1: it ain't. It ain't. <laughs> it is. But and you know what? I am starting to realize that a lot of people compromise when they reach a certain level in corporate that you even, I mean, you think about celebrities in general, they get to a certain point. It's like, they ain't got the down home root values from backwoods Mississippi that they had growing up saying yes, ma'am. And no, sir. And once they get to LA Hollywood, they might be a different version of themselves. And so when you get, when some of these folks get in black folks get in certain positions it's like I don't even know who this person is anymore. Like I thought yeah. wow, brother I thought you had me Mr. Yeah. you know chief Chief Diversity somebody. (laughs) You know, they love making black people diversity officers. Right, right. Diversity and inclusion. Inclusion. Oh, the the inclusion. That's the
0: one. Yeah,
1: you got to get some inclusion in there. And you know, you start to realize they really got your back like you thought they was going to have your back. And so you you start to feel like, damn, what happened to them? To where it's like you knew who they were when they was you know, when y'all was peer to peer and y'all was thugging it out in the cubicles and now they've risen to a different level and they've compromised themselves in some way. And I think it's because when you are not bringing a version of yourself that you could be proud of to work in the first place, you feel like you have to change something about yourself to continue to press forward and elevate in the company. And that's really unfortunate. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that people feel like they got to change who they are because they are around a different caliber, I should say.
0: You know, I've always... Tell me if, you, if you've seen this to be true or am I just way off, but I've always looked at it like... It's almost like teamsmanship, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, like you have... Because I see the same thing that happens in the music industry where um, well, I'll use my, my analogy first. So like in a team, maybe you had a way that you played streetball you know, back in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. everybody knew you for these moves. They knew, Oh, he about to come with the, Oh, they come to watch you for that. Mm -hmm. By the time you make it to the league, you got to follow the rules now. And, and the ref is going to call you on that. You can't do that here. That's against the street ball. That was fine. You can't do that in the league. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I look at the music industry like that. Like, yeah, when you were doing your music, and you were putting out that music for the people, you were touching the hearts of people. Kanye. Yeah, I'll you about mm-hmm. I called you out. Call me about it. Um, you you put you putting out your music for the people, you relating to the shy like that, but then all of a sudden, after you get in the league, you gotta play by the rules. And the rules say, We've put millions of dollars into you. Mm-hmm. We need that back. The mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. dropout didn't need that back. Mm-hmm. This this album does. Mm-hmm. And so now Kanye gotta play by the rules. Mm-hmm. So me not ever being in the C-suite and living in that corporate life, but you have or you are, or do you see it in that same way where it's like, well, yeah, when I was when I thought I would do this and this and that before I got in that room, that was one thing. But now that I'm in this room, I gotta play by the rules of the people that put me in the room before I get kicked out.
1: Yeah, in some regards, um, and some of it is more, is more soft skills like politics, like rubbing elbows with the right folks and building the right relationships because you can still not play by the rules a little bit if you build the right relationship and the right rapport to people with people who can advocate and back you. So yeah. they know like, You know, Nikki might go rogue sometimes, but the results are going to be phenomenal. You just hold back. Just let her do her thing for a little bit. (laughs) You're going to be pleased with these results. It may not be the way you would have done it. But mm-hmm. you're going to get the outcome that you're looking for and probably surprised a little bit.
0: You mm-hmm. have to build a you to, reputation, you
1: build a reputation, you build your portfolio, you play by the rules a little bit, you push it just a little bit every time, just just maybe yeah. I should do it. And so you start to build a little bit of reach. when your work speaks for itself, then you can say, oh, I if y'all if you really let me. Let me loose I can really blow this Thing up you know this could be And they start to you build a level Of trust and so I Also I think as you get into Those rooms you know You don't As far as playing by the rules are concerned You build different Soft skills and different competencies You start being able to read the room Better and you understand While the dynamics If you pay attention you start to understand Like these two people are both VPs, but they don't really like each other. Each one got a different agenda. And because they got a different agenda, that's affecting the work in this way. And that you start to connect some dots. And when you start building relationships and connecting the dots, it's all in your favor. Because you understand why the rules are why they are and which rules you can break and get away
0: with it. But you got well, well. to
1: build the relationships, you build the a
0: Little bit by a little bit.
1: Yeah. yeah, build the trust. The trust,
0: the movie Ghosts, yeah, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, the classic scene, mm-hmm. the pottery scene. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, what, that's what
0: I thought about when you said yeah. each time around, do a little bit and mm-hmm. a little bit. You can't, you can't be molding the pottery and just walk mm-hmm. in and go switch. Can't do that. It's yeah. gonna be a mess. You gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta gently. I, I know where I want it to go. I just gotta keep tapping that, molding mm-hmm. that, molding that, and next thing you know. You got the shape you want. And so it sounds yeah. like that might be a good analogy for what you're saying, how you move and get your way in corporate. Number one, you got to take your time. You got to play the game in the beginning. Yeah. Everything is a game. Even my analogy about sports, it's a game. Mm-hmm. Play the game. If you, if you want to work with the company, you got to understand the culture and the game. Mm-hmm. After you start playing the game, then you can figure out, all right, how do I shine as a player yeah on this field? And how do I nudge things a little bit in my direction so that I retrofit this thing around the best authentic me? Yeah.
1: And, and you know what? And I want to be clear to the viewers and the listeners. When I say play the game, I don't mean be malicious. I don't mean be sneaky and conniving yeah. and doing things behind people's backs. And I like the TV show the game. People. Yeah. I, <laughs> Right. I don't I don't mean be messy. I mean, be a good person, be be who you are. When I say play the game, build the relationships like, you know, not just. What can, how can this person benefit me in my career? What can I do to benefit them and build this authentic, genuine relationship? You know, how can I show up in a way that represents my strong skills of being able to connect with people, being able to sit and listen, being able to be observant? How can I use those skills to my advantage? And so it's not to be sneaky. It's not to be conniving and stab people in the back. It's how can I build the competencies that are necessary to thrive in this culture and yeah. because I understand the game.
0: And now what if somebody's authentic self just ain't that great of a self? Like what if, cause we're kind of speaking from an elitist place ourselves to yeah. be like, oh yeah, your authentic self is a good listener and you speak well and you this and you mm-hmm. want the best for people. Not everybody's authentic Virgin is that. No, so <laughs> How does that person conduct their best authentic self, in your opinion, when they're trying to get ahead? and They know, hey, but I, I hate people. I hate talking to people. I don't like people calling. I don't want to make no relationship. Like I'm trying to get this money, but I really don't even want to do it. Like how how do they navigate that space?
1: You gotta find a job where none of that stuff is important.
0: Wrong <laughs> <It's laughs> game. I got. It. Yeah,
1: you playing? You're in the wrong sport. <laughs> because you got to go on the body here, right? yeah. I mean, because and that's part of it. It's just like, is this a good yeah. fit for me or not? Is this job yeah. the type of stuff I'm gonna have to do in this job? Is that gonna be a good fit for my personality and not? You yeah. gotta know that about yourself because you, because it's it's always telling at least for me, and to so somebody who really is paying attention to you you're going to tell on yourself pretty easily right away. I mean, in the interview, your authentic self is going to come out because you're going to try to be all nice, polished, and professional, and then you're going to slip up. It happens every time. Um, And then, or, you know, you, you just... You can, there's certain things about you when I ask you about your past work experience or something like that. And the examples you choose to give, the words you choose to use to uh, describe something. Like I'm paying attention to all of that. Oh, you're trying to position yourself differently than it probably are, went in real life. <laughs> like you, you start to, you start. And so you, yeah. you, someone who is paying attention, even if they don't catch it in an interview, you get the job, it's going to come out. And yeah. so you just got to be real with who you part of being your authentic self is being honest with yourself and saying, this might not be the type of job I need to have.
0: That's true. Maybe you need a medicinal marijuana business. You know, everybody's cheery. Don't nobody want to talk to you too much anyway. So yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> might be your thing. Uh, <laughs> I cut you off when you were talking about uh, the different breakout rooms. I know we talked about uh, the first one, which is like hiding your money, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from your family. What other, Uh, breakout rooms can people expect uh, during the event
1: yeah so the there's one called i'm not the expert and that goes into that pseudo position of leadership Mm. because i've made it to some point in my life everybody looks to me to have the answers about Mm. what we should do in our financial situation and i don't because i'm just not equipped with that so you know, how do I navigate those conversations with my family? Gotcha. Um, because they look at like, don't you got the answers? You got this house, you got this car, you got this good yeah. job, don't you know how to and like I mean, I know how I did it for me. I don't know what's going on in your life, but that's,
0: um, good to know that's another event. I thought that was uh the same room as hiding your money, because those do tie in. You know, if I had hit my know, money I better, know, yeah, you wouldn't separate, be coming to me for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two separate okay. breakouts. Okay. Um, and then the, the third uh, is a keynote. Our keynote is um, this young lady, financial coach named Dion Motley. She is going to do the power of no in addressing the dynamics and familiar relationships. And so we're talking about family how your your sense of obligation to your family may never go away. We're not trying to solve for that. I'm not trying to make you feel like you have to start telling your family no when they ask you for money. What I'm trying to do is create a space where you can start talking about that being what it is, because you might not even have a name for what you're going through or what you're dealing with, understand that other people might be dealing with it as well. And these are some of the ways that you can navigate those experiences, but also how might you create healthier boundaries with your family and still maintain a healthy relationship with them? Because sometimes you tell your family, no, and they got, they stopped talking to you. And so how do you navigate through some of that? Um, and process that. And so again, it's not necessarily to give you the answers and your family situation is going to be different. Your example of how the black text might show up in your life is going to be different, but uh, but we're trying to give you some tools.
0: And so it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably am, that the, the breakout sessions are based more in uh, the direction of people who do have some money, who do have some level of of finance already it's not so much um if you feel like you really ain't gotten it anyway, right or am i am i off on that
1: yeah so and i think and that's the part that's subjective because you could there might be somebody in the room and they talking about you know when i reach six figures all of a sudden my mama needed help with her rent money and you know what I mean? or somebody might be like well i just feel like I'm responsible for help and they might be at 50 G's or 25 or whatever, wherever. Cause they family is different. Right. And so it, however you feel like I'm comfortable, whatever that means for you, I've made it to a place where I'm comfortable financially. I feel somewhat like I'm cool, yeah. but my family keep tugging at me because I'm comfortable and that can mean different things for different people. Um, and also, you know, I got a couple of folks, who are coming just because they feel like, you know, I'm about to start this business and my family is thinking cause I got this business. They want free product. They want free services. They want this, this and that. And they're not helping me build my business. Um, they're actually taking away from it. And I don't know how to set a boundary with them and be like, no, y'all gotta pay me to do y'all makeup. Y'all gotta pay me. <laughs> um, and because you know, and how do you do that in a healthy way to where everybody don't hate you for it? And so, That could be a little bit of it, too, as well.
0: Um, So a lot of
1: different scenarios, I
0: think. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. And I I wanted to clarify because, uh, like you kind of alluded to in the beginning, how there's all these different videos. It's like how to do this in this amount of time and how to save this. Mm. When people, I think subconsciously when people see let's talk money, they might be thinking let's talk how to make money. And this sounds like more like let's talk how to handle your money let's talk how to handle your relationships around money
1: yeah yeah because it it would be a disservice for me to preach how to make it if we haven't again what people what i've learned being in financial services to us money just seems like such a transactional thing. We don't think about it any deeper than it is, but a lot of folks who have a lot of it understand the emotional aspect, and and this stuff moves people, okay, in a very real way, moves whole countries to make decisions, Uh you know what I mean? And so- When you understand the 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 tug that it has on your perspective, your idea of yourself, your idea of your life, all that stuff, then you can I can teach you three ways to build your credit, and you know yeah. five ways to budget, and all that other stuff. Because we've dealt with some of the emotional trauma that you feel about money.
0: Yeah. So are you planning? This is the second event, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, are we planning this to be an annual event? Are, are there any ideas for having smaller, more frequent events? What's the the going forward plan? Yeah,
1: definitely not on the smaller, more frequent. Um, <laughs> definitely not that. Uh, well,
0: definitely, definitely <laughs> no, definitely.
1: Well, because uh, when i okay. do something i'm very, uh,
0: no yeah, no um
1: i'm very intentional about i mean everything every detail i'm um, the thing that you're getting in your swag bag the signage that i'm designing like the, i'm very intentional about everything my email campaign social media it's a lot of work it's a lot of work um yeah. definitely not on doing anything else smaller um as far as is it gonna be an annual thing, you know, I'm kind of praying about it because it it's tough. It was really tough uh, this year and it's and it's really expensive for me to do. It's like twelve thousand dollars of my own money um to put this on and uh, and you know sponsorships this year have have helped. It's been amazing. Every sponsor I've asked, they've say yes. Um, so that's been amazing, you know, it doesn't cover everything, but it certainly helps. Um, so I'm still praying, like, is this something I want to do next year? It's just, it's just a lot of work. So,
0: and, and so who, when I hear you say that, it definitely makes me like me hearing the event and, and living where I live. I know that it's way beyond the the scale of an event that could bring upon, could could bring out more than $12,000 worth of sponsorship
1: like mm-hmm. easily,
0: right? And so my question to you now is when you're building this, you know, who, who is your circle?
1: Mm. Um, As far as making it happen or yeah. as far as coming? Or, or
0: ideas or organization of the plan, the, the making it happen, all of it. From, yeah. from the moment you said, I'm going to do another one in 2023. From that point forward, Who helped with that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the first person I talk to is usually my dad, um, who I call dad, Kenny. Uh, I usually talk to Kenny about it first. And we, I mean, we'll brainstorm for hours. I mean, he'll sit and just let me riff. And that's just let my brain just go. And he will. What about that so that's amazing then i'll i'll hit up uncle wayne and he'll be like oh that's pretty cool and then that's pretty, <laughs>
0: okay. hey,
1: that's oh, that's pretty cool <laughs> but uh he'll he serves this great emotional support because he knows i get exhausted and he knows man, i have a lot man. on my plate and so he serves as like a great like hey you all right i'm checking in you good because, yeah, awesome. you know, all of it also, It was a lot of stuff This season was just a very difficult season For me, It's just a lot of stuff happening back to back With the this workshop being one of them Um That and I'm doing a lot of traveling for work and stuff And so I'm just like kind of burnt out But that, it, friends Have been amazing Um, You know, I don't have A lot of Immediate family right here In St. Louis support on some of the Like aspects of bringing some of this to life um in the day-to-day and so friends you know have been sharing on social media i was sold out by october 1st it's not until november um the virtual tickets are still available but brunch was sold out by october 1st um just sharing posts, yeah it's amazing um friends buying tickets for other people like they just donating tickets um i had one friend who was my Team lead at Jack in the Box, when I was 16 years old, donated, wow. donated $500 to my event. Hello, um, Go
0: ahead, go ahead, team yeah. lead.
1: <laughs> From Jack in the
0: Box. <laughs> um,
1: so just because like, just people have seen what I've been doing out in the world, out in the community, um, and how I've been showing up for them and their stuff. St. Louis has been yeah. so Amazing, like I I love it. There is such a sense of community here. Black women are doing phenomenal things across St. Louis, and we just have been supporting each other and brainstorming ideas. Um, design stuff you know, I'm usually designing my signage, websites, you know, logo, all the things I'm designing myself, but I'll bounce ideas off some friends in Houston and other folks who I know are pretty talented. And then the lead, the sponsors came from people just saying, hey, you, you, I know what you about. So like one guy, he's the president of Paramount Bank, which, um, is not a huge, they're fairly new, fairly new bank. They just have one branch here in St. Louis, large uh online presence, banking presence. But um, he was like, I just know what you're about. I've seen you in the world as a young woman and growing up. And now he's the president of this bank. And he's like, I want to be your platinum sponsor. And that oh. was really dope. So uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, baseball team. Okay. I was just talking to um, I got invited to a gang by a friend of mine, got into a conversation with the director of diversity and inclusion, and uh, then connected yeah, with her on LinkedIn. And she was like, I'm talking about it. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. The Cardinals are sponsoring me. Hello. Um, uh-huh. So, which is which is great. I'm And so I've just been blessed in that way wow. where like when you, that's why I'm saying when I talk about being your authentic self, playing the game, building relationships, you do it in a genuine way. You do it in a real way because um, God is going to bless you for it and go put the right people in the right moments. This has nothing to do with my day job, but it has opened the community up to like me taking what I do for a living in the tech space into a social Space and they're like, how did you, how did you start doing this kind of work and you get to talking about it and stuff and people don't know that you know you can have my job and make you know however much money and these people make great money in tech and they don't know a lot of these jobs exist and it's and it's just solving problems that's what I do I just solve problems so
0: that's it and got a whole team to help you do it
1: yeah I got a whole team all over the country. I get to travel all over the world. It's all
0: problems. All right. So you gave a really good, very long answer that all said you have nobody to help you execute the... Oh, that was the question. I got got my answer. I got my answer. So I'm about to hit you. I'm about to hit you with the five whys. Okay. The five whys. We're going to get to Dr. Nikki's... Problem because that is a problem. It is a problem that an It'll event of this magnitude does not have so,
1: well, anybody. She's gonna come up from Dallas to help me the day of. i hire hiring the twins, okay? My okay. Twin sisters, they're okay. 15. I'm hiring them to serve food. <laughs>
0: okay, okay, we got a little bit. Okay, we got a
1: little bit. Um, Jeff's gonna have to help put some stuff together. <laughs> so, yep. Come on, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know right. what it is. Go. We gotta do something.
0: So, so what? So first, I want you to tell me then, what would be if you could identify the number one problem that you have that makes you have to consider whether this will be an annual event? Money, money. Okay. Why do? You, why is money your number one issue?
1: Because it's not fully sponsored.
0: Why is it not fully sponsored?
1: Because I didn't reach out to enough
0: people. <laughs> Why did you not reach out to enough people?
1: Because I didn't I didn't have I didn't have enough time. Um, I didn't start planning early enough.
0: Mm, and why did you not start planning enough? With it I enough didn't. Home?
1: I didn't know that I wanted. I would. I would do this again. So <laughs> I, didn't, I. didn't know that I was gonna do it again this year. I would like kind of set on it for a little bit. So somebody, yeah.
0: And why did you not know if you were gonna do it this year?
1: Because it's so much dang on work.
0: <laughs> you know what i'm gonna tell you what was so funny about that is i actually thought that your number five answer was going to be your number one answer and i thought that was going to be hilarious if we got to five and you said money like <laughs> we just literally circled a block to come yeah. right back <laughs>
1: i know i mean sometimes where you start is where you finish so. <laughs> that could have been a real problem all along
0: <laughs> all right well, and you know what? You, uh, that's, that's uh,
1: the beauty of that activity because sometimes it ends up like that like sometimes that is a problem so yeah yeah
0: but it, it, even in answering it i'm pretty sure it generates other thoughts so it's like you might have this might be the answer but then, like you said, you might unpack that later. Like, okay, but yeah, well, mm-hmm. why did that? You know what I mean? Like, so that's a, you know, it was a, it's a great Bingo. idea. You know, to, mm-hmm. toddler yourself. So I want to show everybody um, the event. You know what I mean? Because, hey, you know I'm saying, well, you know this is this is what yeah. we're here for.
1: Can you click this that, yeah, that video. So the video's from last year. It's a little recap video. All
0: right, I can play it. Let's see. Let me see here. I may have sent this to you, too. you can hear right? Gonna be even better than that,
1: yeah. If so, I've be hired a production company, so we got top of the line audio visual. We live streaming, we're gonna have more people with uh, in the room. Um, we're gonna have guys, the fellas in the conversation. Um, okay. our sponsors are gonna speak. Okay. We got vendors as well, so yes, it's same same spot. Um same location uh, for those in St. Louis, but virtually online. So drop the ticket prices to 20 bucks for virtual. You'll see everything in person is sold out. So,
0: Ooh, sold yeah. out. so $20. $20 is the only way that you can attend this event virtually. Yeah. Sales have ended for everything else. We are completely sold out. Sorry, y'all. Sorry. Next year when she does it again, she's going to do it again. I mean, you know, this. come on, y'all, come on. We're going to make her do it again. But, you know, next year, if you're in the St. Louis area, you can go, you know, go in person because you can see it's a vibe. Yeah, it's,
1: it's a, vibe. a vibe. It's a yeah.
0: vibe.
1: Yeah, we had some really dope women, um, like VP of Diversity and Inclusion for the Federal Reserve Bank, um, You know, the mayor's office, our keynote was from Tashara Jones's mayor's office uh, here in St. Louis. So, yeah, it was some some dope women on the panel. Uh, Great conversation. Tears in the room. Got some great feedback, uh, testimonials, stuff like that. So, yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, that's always awesome. That's always awesome. You you have put together a a really great thing. And I know um, I know everybody there is. I mean, to do that. I know everybody there is uh, is going to enjoy it, uh, as it seems like they did last year. Um, all of the best wishes and blessings
1: Thank to you. the Thank event.
0: You. Let's talk money. Yeah. Let's talk money. Yeah. yeah. And thanks for talking to us today.
1: Absolutely, cousin. It's always a pleasure being here. And thanks, Thank even you. though, you know, I felt like... There was some moments I rambled a little bit, but you know, we got back on
0: track. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we brought our best, authentic selves today, <laughs> so that's gonna come with a little rambling here and there. Yeah, they, yeah. Just gotta, they just got to accept that.
1: <laughs> and if they don't, then they don't <laughs> because some people, what you realize, some people don't got to accept it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, cousin. Well, as we get out of here, I know you know it by now. Pod is good.
1: All the time.
0: All the time. Pod is good. Thank you, Dr. Nikki Smith, everybody's favorite little cousin. I will catch you next time. (laughs) All right. Thanks, cousin. Bye. All right, everybody. That was episode 46 of the Pod is Good podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If anybody wants more information, Please just hit me up. I'll put you in touch with Dr. Nikki Smith. Uh, the event will be on the 11th. We are talking money. We are talking money. Not how to get money. We ain't gonna go there yet. Right now, we're just talking about the relationships that we have with money. Not only our direct relationship, but how they affect the relationships around us. And as we all know, that can be in itself very difficult to 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 manage, to deal with, to work through, and and to work um, to work to get on the other side of, because sometimes you might have money for just a short amount of time. You see what I'm saying? Let me not go into it, because they're going to talk about it in the event. Please, please, please check it out virtually. It's only 20 bucks. I guarantee you'll get more than your, your expected value. More, your, your return on investment will be more than enough. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am Cashmere, California. This is the Pod is Good podcast. I hope you enjoyed the content. Hope you enjoyed the channel. If you did, please subscribe. Follow, like, share, whatever. Pick one. You just say, like, you know, I'm just gonna hit like for you, dog. That's it. You know what I look, look, I'm gonna follow you on Facebook. That's it. Don't ask for nothing else. You know what I look? I'm gonna subscribe to your YouTube channel. And that's it, bro. That's it. Cool. Cool. I take what I can get. Till next time. Pod is good. And all the time. Love y'all. Peace out. Take care.